What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Above the Ice and Into the Numbers. This is David, joined by Christian and Julian. How are the boys doing today? It's uh, It's been pretty good. I mean, at least didn't play too much, but other than that, uh, pretty good. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I had to actually announce something. I didn't want to drop it on the podcast, but here we go. I have actually been claimed on waivers by Vancouver Canucks podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm leaving now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well at least you're only a depth you're only a depth host so. yeah. <laughs> i'm a placeable let's call someone up from the minors yeah so i mean do we want to get right into the waivers or do you want to talk about jackery hmm. i mean i'm thinking we can get in the waivers right now since that kind of just happened yeah, yeah sure so this so julian you go ahead um yeah yeah i mean i look when when jimmy vc got claimed i was like you know what it's fine. We were trying to fit guys in and out of the lineup, and VC wasn't really fitting on certain lines. So I was like, okay, whatever. But I really liked Boyd. I thought his work ethic was really good. I thought he played well with Spezza, you know, here and there. And I, I think uh, it's it's not good. I don't think it's good for the Leafs at all. Um, it, it's not great. It's like Jimmy VC was was one thing, like noted. Fan favorite Jimmy VC was claimed off waivers, right? <laughs> but it's like like consistent third to fourth liner. But I don't I don't want to say he was a detractor because he really wasn't, but he wasn't much of a contributor to the team either. Um, Travis Boyd is a little bit different because he showed us he actually showed us something like when he first got into the lineup, right? Like he was scoring at a crazy pace, power play goals. He was at, like he actually got power play time, right? Like he earned it. Yeah, but as as he sort of played more and more in the lineup, I noticed him less. To be honest with you, not to say that that I didn't like him, that he wasn't a good player, but I, I get another depth piece. And a good thing about the Leafs organization is I think we can all they have a lot of forward depth in terms of we probably have like three fourth lines we can make. Yeah, just based yeah. on like the taxi squad and the Marlies. So I'm not overly concerned, especially if it's in the plan to get contract space and cap space and make a move. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, so do you think this is to make way for somebody who's on the taxi squad or in the Marlies already, like maybe like Robertson, or do you think it's going to a move to like, we're going to bring someone in and that's why we were fine with potentially losing him. I, I definitely think it's the, we wanted to make space. I think it's because we're preparing this week, especially like Duba said, they're going to make a move and, uh, I fully expect them to. And that could happen tomorrow. It could happen, you know, a few days from now. Who knows? But, um, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I kind of see what you guys are saying, too, where, like, Boyd is sometimes and not sometimes noticeable. But, um, yeah, I definitely think it's almost like a good problem because we have so many talented, like, forwards. But yeah. it's hard to get them all in, right? I mean, I mean sorry. If no, this is making space in the lineup for Robertson, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see him get ice time. And it's, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I guess, I guess we're in the capsule this year, but in terms of could we get another Travis Boyd? Like, yeah, there, you, there's a lot of Travis Boyd. You can get in the free agency market. Like, this isn't, we'll see another one of them, you know? Right. It's it's a replaceable player, fortunately. No disrespect to him. I liked him. But a fourth liner, you can you can get another one of those easily. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. 
Yeah. Like, do we want to move on? Because like, that's waiver talk, right? Oh, yeah. like the, good thing. I don't know. I don't know why the Canucks are claiming both of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's weird. Us, or do you think they actually like, want those players? Like, do you yeah, think like, they'd still be claimed? I mean, they, they've been better. Like, Thatcher Jemko is having a fantastic season. Like, without yeah. Patterson, the fact that they've been on the climb is impressive. Like, it, it's just such odd. I mean, it's Jim Benning. So, it's really that crazy to assume, like, whoa, he's making crazy moves. Like, those are just Jim Benning moves. <laughs> Let's sign Antoine Roussel to a three by three. Like, I'm crazy. I'm Jim Benning. So, yeah. But on a, on a more positive note, the Leafs have a new starting goaltender. <laughs> and his name is Jack Campbell. And Chris, rubbing the hands, he's getting ready. Why don't you? I feel like you've been waiting. Yeah. You've been you've been circling Freddie like a like a shark waiting to attack. So let, let's do this. Let's see. Let's see how you go at this. I call this November. Like at this point, at the beginning of the season, as a joke, that first game when Anderson went like five goals, I was like, oh, do we have a goalie controversy? And I was kind of joking, but I was kind of serious. And now I think everyone sees why. I just couldn't. Yeah. I didn't trust Anderson. I saw Campbell, even in limited minutes, I knew he was playing good. He was confident. He has good chemistry with the team. I don't know. I just always thought Campbell would push for more minutes. He'd push for more starts. And now he's doing it. And now hopefully he can string a couple games together. And then we'll have like a real, like a real goalie controversy for the first time in, what, four or five years? That's yeah. the thing. And I think what you, what you touched upon, what I liked, is like he's clearly who you put in the net right now. But he's still played, what, 70 career games? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm not exactly comfortable with being like, oh, this is the guy now, right? Like, and with Freddie, he he immediately went to injury. Like he's he's an right. injured player now, so there was clearly something going on with him. But like, Jack Campbell, since he's joined the Leafs, has been good. And the Kings somehow have been getting a lot of good goaltending from guys that like you haven't really heard of like Cal Peterson's having a fantastic yeah. year. Unreal. I don't, know, I, don't know how, I don't know if you guys are looking at that, but he's been fantastic. Jack Campbell was great when he was with them as well. So, I mean, maybe like good development in the organization as well as the Leafs can develop too. And he's a bit of a late bloomer. So we could very much receive like the budding of a, of a good goalie with him. But I think all of us ideally is he continues to play well and Freddie comes back and is Freddie again. Yeah, and I see for me, I, I think I, I would always give Freddie a little bit of more of the benefit of the doubt, especially at the start of this season. But over obviously, like over the last week or so, um, you know, seeing Jack Campbell play and, and everything that's happened, you really kind of already start to see the controversy happen a little bit. But for me, realistically, what I think is going to happen is if Freddie can be healthy, I think they're going to split the time between Campbell and Freddie. I think a lot of people want to see Campbell kind of move into that starting spot which I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that I think it'd be good but I think realistically they're kind of just going to split the time for the rest of the season and then whoever they feel more comfortable with going into the playoffs that's who they're going to go with yeah and I definitely think it's a positive because Tampa kind of had this group this last year but before that there was like five years in a row where all the cup winners they had a tandem goalies or at least like 60 40 goalies yeah that really helped them in the playoffs and I think like, it's not something that we brought up um, last year on yeah, the podcast, but it was like, it, it was, it was the exact same thing, except we didn't have a backup and it was on the note of Freddie needs rest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now that we have two goalies, even if Anderson 
returning to form and he's the starter for the playoffs. Because we had Campbell this year, he's who no matter who the goalie is, they're gonna be more rest going into the playoffs, and that can only help us. For sure. I totally agree with that. But like if you guys have to pick one, it's game one of the playoffs, you had to pick a goalie. Which one are you picking? You can't ask that right now, man. No? Okay. Well, no. I thought like, it's too early, I think. It is too early because we could be pumping the some of the tires of Jack Campbell, then all of a sudden he falls apart too. And we're it's like, true. okay, well, what do we have here now? We have nobody. But like Splitting starts, yeah. You definitely go with the hot hand to get the majority of them. Maybe you split it up like 60-40, yeah. 55-45, something like that, which is ideal. And to touch upon what, what Christian said, it is it is true. You need a rested goalie, unless you're Andre Vasilevsky somehow. Um, <laughs> Matt Murray didn't do it alone. He needed Marc-Andre Fleury. Braden Holpe needed Philip Grubauer. Right. Yeah. Jordan Bennington didn't start a whole year. Like it, it's there's evidence to it. There's evidence that the goalie, believe it or not, the most important position on the team, and I can't be like completely dead tired by the time he gets to the playoffs if you want a chance to compete. Yeah. And what I do like about Campbell, one more year at one point six five. Yeah. Yeah. Now I got a question for you guys. I think at this point, Leafs fans are kind of just Freddie's gone after this year. Whether he walks, he gets traded, which I think we all doubt he's gone with the added cap space that Jack Campbell gives you. If he is your starter going in next year, do you make that move? Use that using that cap space to pick up another defenseman, a top six forward. What do you do with it? Um, I can go first here. I think you definitely need us another goalie. I don't think you can just replace Anderson with someone. Who's yeah. I don't think that's the same. I think you need maybe bring in like a two to $3 million goalie. They usually exist, and then maybe another defenseman forward. But I don't know. Maybe I can see Anderson resigning if his market is not too big. But if somebody offers even what he's making right now, five million, I wouldn't match that. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, not sure I would match that either. Yeah, like if Campbell can prove that he can, you know, handle the the starting goalie job, I can definitely see them. You know, at least because it really depends if they're going to use Campbell as their starter next year, if that's the plan, if he plays well throughout the rest of this season and we're in the playoffs, which not. But if you're given that extra cap space, uh, to me, I don't think like they're going to I don't know if they're going to sign Joe Thornton again. And maybe that's where you go get another forward. I think there's certain guys that are not going to be on this team next year on the forward front. So I think that's what I would do. But. Yeah, it's kind of tough. It's, it's hard to say really now all right so alex galchenyuk made his toronto maple leafs debut and played in his second game and i was impressed yeah. i really this is a guy that i did not expect much from i've been sort of coming at it with the mindset of every team has been like we could be the team that rekindles his career right and it, and it hasn't happened I'm not saying that he's going to turn into a 30-goal scorer here, but the first two games definitely looked promising in the sense that he's a hard-working player. He was hard on the buck. He kind of looked like Zach Hyman, but without the finish. Because Zach Hyman has just been all of a sudden like a 30-goal scorer so over good. the last two yeah. seasons. <laughs> I don't know. So, first impressions. Yeah, I am I just think the difference is how we kind of handle this situation. We traded for him. We didn't just throw him in right away. We put him in the AHL. We kind of worked on some things. And then... What, what a great start to be thrown with Tavares and Nylander. 
for your first game. It's not like Ottawa where you're throwing on the third line with who knows who, Nick Paul or something. It's different. Like Austin Watson. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be with us rather than on a different team. I know Pittsburgh, he had good line mates too, but not everyone in Pittsburgh works. They've done this plenty of times. Yeah, I think Chris said it perfectly. Like putting him with Tavares and uh, Nylander is such a good move because it, it gives him confidence. And I think the AHL move was even more important because he was doing well down there. So it gave him confidence in himself to play. And uh, yeah, I'm impressed as well. And it seems like the like the the team really likes him too. When when he got that first point, like they yeah. were really happy for him, which is which is nice to see. So yeah, like we're all rooting for Alex Galchenyuk. You want to get a player that can just trade it for him for what? What did we trade for him? Warshawski and Korshkov, right? Yeah. So like it's if if he can be a middle six winger, that's found money in my opinion. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Now, do you guys want to touch on here? We'll touch on something quickly here. So Wayne Simmons came back on Friday. We're all happy about that. Right now he's on the fourth line. What do you think? Do you think he'll stay there? Do you think he'll move up? Uh, what do you guys think about that? I know he played with Matthews and Marner on Saturday for a bit, but that game looked yeah. terrible. I'm not too worried about where he places in the lineup. Um, I just want to see that that hand get better and him get more confidence in, in shooting and handling the puck. When you look at the, the lineups, Zach Hyman was listed as a fourth line forward heading into the most recent game against Calgary. And what do you get? 19 minutes. I'm really not concerned with with where players play in the lineup because if it's not working, Sheldon Keefe is a Mike Babcock. He will make those adjustments on the fly. Yeah. And, and I, I, again, like you, you were saying, I, I'm not too worried about who plays where. And especially with Simmons, like I feel like whatever he, line he plays on, sometimes it makes that line better. So... I don't know. I think he's going to eventually end up with Nylander and Tavares. Um, but for now, I think it's good to kind of just test them in, in other situations. I think they're still trying to find like the, the, the lines they really want to go with, especially heading into the playoffs. But it's good that they're experimenting at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thornton with Kerfoot and Spezza. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Thornton lately. He's kind of – he had a hot start, but he seems too slow. I mean – Maybe press him down the stretch and then play him again in the playoffs. But exactly, I'm not gonna get down on Joe Thornton. He's such a beauty, and he he does so much for the team off the ice too. And like the guy's 41, man. Yeah. I don't expect him to to be Heidi Marlowe with the wheels. Well, that's I, that's the thing. I think the off ice component of it is what what's the biggest part about it. Like when we first got him, I didn't really understand it because I was like, well, you know, the guy's a legend, of course, but um, I was like, where is he gonna fit in this lineup? Uh, and I know they're trying to throw him with Matthews and Marner. To me, I, I just don't see it working. But off the ice, I think it's huge. Well, there were well, there are points when you can play him with Matthews and Marner, especially when those two are hot and they're just buzzing around the zone. Yeah. And he kind of just like stands in front of the net, looks at the side, <laughs> and like it's like, all right, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the bumper. I'll just when you need me. So, <laughs> like, I think I think he's versatile enough that you can play him in those top top nine. And I don't know, like Jason Spezza, his gas tank seems fine, especially when you're playing him fourth line, third line, and he's just eating those depth guys up. But with Joe Thornton, I would be more cautious about giving him rest. I feel like. Yeah. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that too. Treat so, him like a goalie. Yeah. 
honestly, like if we can just, especially because he's been playing for longer than everyone else. He's been playing since September. If you factor in that he was in Europe for a bit, right? So he could definitely use some rest down the stretch, and I don't think it'll hinder the team that much because we have other players that can step in or replace him per se. So, is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch upon around the league? Um, yeah, regarding the Leafs, you guys want to talk about like trade deadline? Like, I don't really know what they're going to do, but we can take a stab at it. Do you think they're more likely to require a forward or a defenseman? <sighs> I mean, as much as I, th- I think, as fans, we might want to see a defenseman, or or even just you know, as we're talking here on the podcast, but I I think it's gonna be a forward. I really do. I think they they're trying to get like that, that top six piece that they've been looking for this entire time. Uh, they they consistently keep talking about it, and I just think, I I know in this is but this is where I'm struggling with it because I think in the top six, even if you go like Matthews. Marner, Hyman, let's say on the first line, and then Tavares and Nylander. You grab someone else, let's say at the trade deadline. Does that take away the spot of Wayne Simmons or like a Kerfoot or, you know, even if you really wanted to, like McKayev or something? Galianchuk, right? So I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm not cons- pushing down guys in the lineup is always a good thing, in my opinion. I like what I've seen. I mean, you get a third line of, of, Perfect McKay of Simmons. I like that. That's right. that's a hard, that's a checking line. That's great. And in, in getting guys that is getting a top six winger, winger bolsters your depth as well as your upfront talent. And yeah. if you can get a guy who can keep up with the production of Tavares and Nylander and really that just fills out our top six so nicely to the point where like we're not filtering Zach Hyman through the top three lines. We have a more stable lineup. And a guy who can provide more consistent offense because that's what you would expect from a top six winger. I, I would be fine with with acquiring that, obviously, depending on the cost. Like we talked about trading away our first round pick this year, which I'm more than okay with, but how much value is that gonna have? Because it's right. not like everybody else in the league doesn't think it's gonna be a, a mediocre draft. Everybody knows what what the product or the we don't know for certain, but like there's not a lot of hype about this draft, right? No, not at all. So it just depends on like what it what it takes to acquire a top six forward, but I feel like it also like who who are we talking about here? Are we talking about Ricard Raquel? That's a guy whose name has been thrown a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing here I am hearing him a lot, and I would like that. I think he would fit well, maybe on Tavares and with with Tavares and Elander. But I also think that's that's see Tavares and Elander is the line where I think that that forward goes on whoever we trade with because. I think Nylander's been great. I don't know what... I don't think Tavares is playing bad, but I can't say that he's been great yeah. right now. And I just don't know if he's if he is going to turn it around. My my one issue with Tavares, like, he's been fantastic two-way, and he's, he's really working hard. It's the one thing, and it's that he's not getting into that high slot area where he scores the majority of his goals. Right. He just isn't going there anymore. He it's really strange to see he's not setting himself up to succeed. He's sort of just taking that extra hit and not getting into the position for himself, which is it's frustrating, but it's also, no, it, it, it is frustrating because it, it, like you're playing well and it's, you're not producing. So it's, I wonder how it feels for him. Yeah. Like right. I, I think he, he's a hard worker. Like, I, like when you watch the game, like he's, he's trying to, but like, he's really trying to get in the, 
sorry, I was going to swear, but I can't do that here. Uh, no, but I think he's really trying to play well, especially like with him and Nylander trying to set each other up and everything. And it sometimes almost feels like Nylander just gets the benefit of the doubt. But I don't yeah, know. I, I agree. Just with the trade deadline, I made the number one mistake of going on Twitter. And I saw a bunch of like trade rumors and the prices on these players seem way too high. Like I saw something that it was like Robertson in a first for Raquel. Like I'm not doing that. Sorry. No, no. Like I'm willing to give of a first, but a top prospect just for like the top prospect. Yeah, like our top prospect, or you can argue him or Sandine, but for a player that may or may not fit with the team, they may have like one or two years left. I, I'm not doing that. I wouldn't risk it. I think our forward core is fine enough. If it's a defenseman, maybe like Ekholm, we always bring up Ekholm. But if it was Ekholm, I maybe consider that more, but definitely not for a forward. To be fair to the bingo card, we always bring up Ekholm, but that was my fault last year. This year, it's just legitimately a rumor. That, <laughs> it well, is. it's not a rumor that easy is he's going to be traded and we're in on him so we have to bring him up now sorry guys <laughs> sorry not sorry I, I wouldn't give up robertson for Ekholm though if i'm being honest with you i'm, I'm what if we lose Ekholm well. in the expansion that's true yeah yeah i agree with that so would you be would you be more keen to acquire players with one year left on their deal the cheaper hmm. price since they're a rental I mean, maybe, but I feel like... I have a feeling anybody that we'd acquire would, would be a rental. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. The expansion draft's always weird because you can always find ways out of it. I mean... Yes, you, you can trade a second-round pick to make sure that they take Marc-Andre Fleury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but, but there are... Yes, there are examples of, of you can give away a pick or a, or a prospect or something like that to be like, hey, don't touch this player, please. Go, go for somebody else. Yeah, right, right. But then again, you're still trading away more assets. So that's another analysis out regardless, right? Um, I've been trying to put that in the back of my head. I don't want to think about the expansion draft right now. Yeah, yeah. same here. Anyways, whoever we lose, we lose. I mean, again, it's going to be interesting. It really is. I, so I, uh, we talked about the Leafs for a little bit. Do we want to move on to midseason, a little over midseason uh, trophy votes? Yeah, sure. A little award yeah. discussion. Yeah. What, uh, what award do you guys want to start with? Um, does anyone have them pulled up? I don't know if I know all yeah, of them. Yeah, I, I can pull them up real quick. Let's just do the big ones. We're not going to be like, who's going to win the Lady Bing? <laughs> who's going to win the Bill Masters? Should we start um, with uh, the heart? Just because I know. Nah, we'll save that one. Actually, yeah. You know what? I, yeah, I was going to be like, save it for last, but I think pretty I think obvious. It's pick for the MVP of the league. Yeah. Well, okay. So everyone, I think everyone knows Connor McDavid. Yeah, I was going to say that too. I mean, I was on. Who like, is your second pick? Okay, <laughs> that, second that's, that's what we'll talk about. Who's your second pick? Patrick Kane. Uh, that was going to be mine. Okay, I'll go with somebody else. Explain Kane. I was just, you know, it's 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 absolutely unbelievable because, you know, you go online and stuff, you go on Twitter, of course, and everyone's like, oh, Patrick Kane for heart, Patrick Kane for heart, Patrick Kane for heart. And I'm like, let me check the stats real quick. And, you know, Connor McDavid's still up there. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know if I don't know. It's like some people are really like high on on Kane like winning it, and I mean I think he's great, but uh, yeah, I do think he's going to be second though. Um, I think he's having a great year, and I think he's he's really showed. I mean, ever really since he got that milestone goal, um, the Blackhawks the Blackhawks aren't doing as bad as they were before, um, and you can just like the fact. I think we had this conversation a few uh, weeks ago about possibly him being one of the best American born players ever. Um, and I think he just continues to live up to that. 
I don't think it's enough to win the heart. I think it goes to McDavid, but what about you guys? Yeah, David, what do you think? I'm going to go for a reach here. I'm going to do like an asterisk one because, okay. because yeah. like I was going to say Connor McDavid, I was going to say Patrick Kane. So for the sake of discussion, I'm going to bring this up. If they make the playoffs, how do you not pick Andre Kopitar as a serious heart candidate? Okay. He's among the league's top in points on a team that really cannot score. He does a lot of defensive zone starts, great two-way center. That's a guy. like that. That's the guy, man. He does it all. Literally does it all. And, and from a guy like Kopitar, who had a bit of a streak of being just not, a, like not an elite number one center. He would put up like 60 points, which is good, really good. But like, that's not like a Stanley Cup winning number one center. He's been putting up 90 points, point per game seasons. And it's just another one for him. And if they can manage, there's their five points back of the Blues with the game in hand. If you can manage to pull within a playoff spot, that is damn impressive. I think he should be at least a top three hard finalist. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with a finalist as well because I think Kane and McDavid are the top two. Yeah. It's also from the West. I'm going to go with uh, Mark Stone. Mm. I think just the way he's, he's always been there, he's always been that kind of player. I think this year, especially with Vegas leading the division kind of dominantly, I just think he brings so much to the game just two-way. And now his points are up there too. He's on like a regular season point pace of like 96 points if you factor in like a full season. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, he's been such a good piece for my fantasy team this year, man. <laughs> Same here. So good. <laughs> Fun player to watch, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, do, we want to, do we want to do counting stat awards? Like Art Ross. And um, we can talk on like quickly. There's not much explaining to do with those. All right. Art Ross, I don't think anybody's catching McDavid. No. Okay, actually, here's a fun thing. I posed this question two weeks ago, and I said, will McDavid hit 100 points? And you guys both said no. Do you want to change that now? I mean, okay, I said no. No, I'm pretty sure Julian said yes. I said no because I didn't want to get two yes. Oh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Marker. Okay, well, I can't remember, but I think it's definitely yes now. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. Oh, you told me well. Will he also win the Rocket Richard? Oh, see, this is where it gets so tough because, like, as a Leafs fan, you're like, man, I'm rooting for Matthews. I really am. I want him to get it so bad. Um, but, again, at the same time, you got to be like – like, McDavid's also just – if there's one guy in this league who's your biggest competitor, it's always going to be him. And then the fact that you got Drysaddle right behind Matthews, even to Foley, who's going to be injured for the next three games. He's fourth in the goals counting, but – and only three behind McDavid. Mm-hmm. If I actually, if I actually had to pick one, I mean, I'm just gonna go McDavid because, like, I feel like that's just gonna happen. I'm not gonna. We're not yeah. gonna get what we really we're not want. Not gonna really control it. I know. Well, what's tough is because it's he's was slowed down because of an injured wrist. Right. He missed games. So like his goals per game is better. So I think if I think we should we should do the Rocket Richard based on goals per game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, if you play one game and you score two goals, you win. <laughs> I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I'm going to say Matthews because McDavid only plays Ottawa two more times. <laughs> there you go. Although, although Ottawa seems to be the team that dry settled really yeah. eats, eats yeah. up. Yeah. All right. Do we want to talk about – let's do the Vesna. Yeah. I think they're really only two picks. But we can, like, do a finalist vote. If we want to, be like we did with McDavid and Kane. Yeah. Do we all have Vasilevsky? I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Vasilevsky, and then very close second, Mark Andre Fleury. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah, do a finalist. Who will be the third finalist? I'll start. Um. Sure. I'll go with Philip Grubauer. This is a guy who is who has been on the verge of becoming a great starting goaltender for the past couple of years, but injuries have kind of slowed down that development. You saw it start to happen when he stole the job from Braden Holpe and then lost in the playoffs where they won a cup, gets traded to Colorado, and now he's this team's goaltender that's going to backstop them to their dynasty. And the only reason I was down on him in the past was because of how frequently he got injured. This year, he's been healthy. He's been staying healthy for the majority of the time. He's been putting up absolutely incredible numbers. He should definitely be a finalist for the Vesna. Um, yeah, I'm going to go a little bit differently. I'm going to go same division again. I'm going to go Cabo uh, Kakinen on Minnesota. Oh, I think nice, nice. He's really turned that team around. I like that. I like that. He won like a, like a streak of like nine straight wins, and I've brought him from like fifth in the division all the way like second, like close to first. Yeah, my fantasy team thanks him. <laughs> I think if, if Minnesota make the playoffs, especially, I think there's no way he doesn't get a nomination. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go Varlamov. Um, I think he's been a key piece to the Islanders' success this year. Thirteen wins, I think, like twenty-two games or so. Um, and he's he's, I I think. The thing that surprised me about him is every season we enter, I'm like, I don't think he's going to have it much longer. Or I go, he's not going to be that good this year. And he completely surprises me and plays so well. Um, and I think we can all agree that the Islanders aren't the best team in the NHL on paper. But when he gives you solid goaltending and you have guys like Barzell who can, you know, score sometimes highlight real season goals, that might be the best goal of the year. I think he won't win, but candidate for sure. Yeah, I think what you said about Varlamov really applies to the whole Islanders franchise for the past couple of years. Like, this is the year that they that not scoring a goal will catch up to them. And then they're like, <laughs> no, we're gonna win two one every game. Yeah, and then and then, like they'll win two one three straight games, and then they'll win like a seven six. Like when they absolutely have to, like, all right, let's let Barzal actually leave our zone more often. And then he's yeah. like, okay, guys, I got this. <laughs> Okay. Um. What's next? Uh, Norris. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll do Norris, Selkie, then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Sure. Um, I'll start with Norris. I got a uh, Tyson Bay. No. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna go with another former, or I guess he's current. Uh, Colorado Avalanche. I'm gonna go Kale McCarr for this one. I just think the way he's been playing lately, he's kind of. I'm gonna say he's carrying that blue line because he has Gerard with him, but he's been playing great. I really like his game. I think he's improved defensively this year. He was not bad defensively last year, but I definitely think he's improved since then. And the offensive game is always there. I just think, especially, I think, I'm trying to like put my head in like the mindset of a, vo- of a voter, the people that vote on these awards. And I think yeah. I'm the type of player that will get a lot of votes. What do you guys do you want to go before me? Um, honestly, like I, I kind of, uh, I'm going back and forth, but I, th- I think I'm going to just have to go with Victor Hedman. Like, when you talk about Vavileski, I know he's such a great goalie and, and he brings a lot of the success, success to him, but a lot of that is the reason. The reason he's 20-3, and three, I believe, right now or something like that. It's ridiculous. You have a really good defensive core, and when you have a leader like Hedman on that defensive core, um, leading the league for defensemen in points, um, I, I just think he, he's the obvious choice, but I think he's also the most dominant choice. So that's, that's kind of just my reason. 
yeah, there's really no denying Victor Hedman of being in a Norris conversation pretty much every season of like the last four years. Right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Shea Theodore. I think this mm. has been a long time coming for him. He, especially in a season where Alex Petrangelo was was supposed to lead that blue line, and he sort of got injured. Um, well, not sort of. He did get injured. Shea Theodore has really just stepped up his game to the next level, and and he's he was already a solid defenseman before that, but he really provides such a stabilizing presence two way. He's really solid defensively, and he's just below a point per game. He actually defends, which is crazy, which is why I didn't pick Quinn Hughes. <laughs> we, we, we've been roasting him this year. Like, <laughs> I mean, he is, he is what second and no third now in points per defenseman, but like top zone entries, and then he can talk. So Shea Theodore will be my pick. And then finally, we'll go into the Selkie Trophy. Julian, you start us off with the Selkie Trophy. Well, I was actually going to say, Chris, if you could start us off. I'm still not uh, completely decided here. Okay. I mean, mine's like a, like a real wild card pick, so I kind of wanted to go last. But um, the Selkie's always a weird trophy. I usually think they just give it to who deserved it two years ago. They never really give it to the person that actually deserves it. But coming into the season, I'd say Couturier is due for one. So I think based off that logic, he'd win. But he's just been too injured this year to give it to him. So I'm going to go with another Minnesota Wild. I'm going to go with Joel Erickson Eck. That's real oh. off the board. But just like his metrics, like I don't know him off by heart, but like when I look at them, his metrics are always at the top. His offense is not like amazing, but it's not bad enough to completely put him out of the conversation. And again, I just think Minnesota is that team every year that they just exceed their expectations and – the voters love stuff like that. So, uh, he's my pick. That's, what I, that's a real good pick. Joel Erickson, I've seen him on a couple lists, like yeah. very rarely for Selkie trophies. That's a very good pick. I'll list mine really quickly. Um, I'm going I'm, I'm to go with another wild card, more notable player, um, but maybe somebody you, you wouldn't expect to hear. I'm going to go with Mitch Marner. Okay. Well, I think Mitch Marner should be in the Selkie conversation. Hot take. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. He the fact that he's what third is he still third or is he fourth uh he's top five in league scoring and on a least penalty kill that is fairly weak he provides a really good really good presence he's so hard on defending the puck he it constantly is, is breaking up d2d passes he gets a lot of off, like off, offensive chances i know it sounds like i'm describing Ilya mikhaev but that's what he does as well Mitch Marner has been really solid on the penalty kill, and he has been for the past two years. Like, even last year when he wasn't scoring very much, he was still playing good defense, and he does that this year. Like, every now and then there will be that sort of miscalculation that he makes or that lack of a hustle play, which I think is why he's not going to win it. But to be in the conversation is, is still a big thing, and I think he should be. The fact that he's playing so much on the penalty kill, and he is such a crucial part of this team's forward defensive group. Yeah, just just to let you know, I'm naming yeah, just, wrap, just wrapping this up. I'm naming the podcast uh, Marner for Selkie. <laughs> Marner for Selkie. Oh God. In, in a five five hot takes, man. I don't want to get roasted. Yeah. Um. I would say if my. I mean, my pick. I don't know if he'll win, but I'm gonna go Kopitar. And I think it really just goes back to he's a very well disciplined player. And even what David was saying earlier, how on a team where they struggle to score, Kopitar has been able to provide that offense for them. And you know, he. I mean, he's won it before. He's a plus four. He's got like barely any penalty minutes and already 37 points in 30 games. Um, he's just really too, really, really good to way forward. Yeah. Well, hey, you got to bring a plus minus. Um, 
I think that's all, that's all we got for today. Some hot takes, controversial picks. Leafs, hopefully, will come back with a win. I think we play Thursday. Yeah. Yep. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Above the Ice and Into the Numbers. This has been your boys, David, Christian, and Julian. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. See ya.